This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Where I gained a lot more insight was realizing exactly what you're saying is that it's possible to not have to experience the pain in order to go after and create that pleasure. And, you know, really, we talk about this on the Investor Mindset Show. It's the name your number process, right? And a key part of naming your number is setting that target, like where you want to be. But it's the vision that comes along with that. And when you can sit down and identify, these are the things in my life that I no longer want to have a part of my future life. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited today. I have Wally Bressler in the studio. How are you doing today, Wally? I'm super, super good, Steve. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Yeah, I'm super excited to dive in. You know, you've got a really interesting story, you know, definitely one of those comeback stories and you're you're having a lot of success in entrepreneurship and you're really, you know, you're running a great business, you're earning income and, you know, 22 years of life in business and life coaching, 25 years of sales and real estate experience. You've conducted over 40,000 coaching sessions via one-on-one calls. You've really been able to make an impact for a lot of people. I'm excited to share some of that with the audience, but more importantly, I really am excited to share the example of what is possible when you do shift your mindset, when you change the way you think. And the path that you're on is to build an operating business, to create money today and to exit, but also to talk about um, you know, what it is that that freedom path looks like. So we're going to get into all that and more in today's episode. So you guys are in for a good one. Uh, with that said, Wall, are you, uh, you ready to dive into it? It's rock and roll. So looking back at, uh, earlier in your life, tell me what influences from your childhood shaped who you are today. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think everybody has influences from their childhood that shape who they are. It just so happened that all of my influences were were pretty negative, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I, um, you know, part of what I do is I help people work on overcoming the challenges that keep them from being successful as you know entrepreneurs or or business people. You know, I am, my parents were good people. They were from New York. We talked a little bit about our shared Italian heritage earlier. Um, you know, when you grew up in an Italian family, the three modes of communication are food, getting hit, and getting yelled at. I mean, that's pretty yeah. much right. It's pretty much how you're mm-hmm. communicated with, you know, and so. You know, my, my parents, you know, they were, um, they had tough childhoods from their parents. I mean, standard Italian, you know, being raised in an Italian family. So my dad was really, really verbally and emotionally abused, as was his sister. So I kind of got the same thing. You know, I, my, mm. one of my punishments when I was like three, four, five years old was to be sent to bed without dinner. And that really was the start mm. of, of a binge eating disorder that lasted about 45 years. I was sexually abused when I was 10. Um, I started looking at pornography when I was 11. I started having sex regularly when I was 12 and I was bullied the entire time. So, you know, by the time I was 14, I really did not like myself, you know, and I was, you know, I was literally addicted to sex and pornography and food. And then we grew up poor. And so I had this, this, uh, this less than attitude, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I was always striving to bring in more money, but I was taking that money and wasting it and, and trying to build up my, my image and my acceptance and by buying people's love. And, you know, I probably burned about $5 million so far in my life doing stupid things with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what that shaped for me was, is that externally I was an overachiever, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, yeah. 
graduated um, like in the upper 18% of my high school class. I played college football. I led it all four years. I graduated from one of the top 15 liberal arts colleges in the country. I was making a hundred grand back in 1998. By the time I was mm-hmm. 28, married, had, you know, four kids. I mean, externally I was doing great, but on the inside yeah. I was literally dying, you know, yeah. and uh, my life was filled with self-sabotage as I did. Well, I, I walked it back as I did. Well, I walked it back. And then, um, you know, when I was uh, trying to think here, you know, when I was in my trying to think in 2005, I would have been 37 at that time. So 37, 38, 2005, 2006, you know, the, the real estate market was the wild west. If you could fog a mirror, mm-hmm. you got a, you got a loan, mm-hmm. you know, so I was yeah. a real estate agent and I was also a uh, um, I was doing real estate investing. And the guy that I was working with, you know, decided to take advantage of some of the friendly lending that was available then. And he lied at about $15 worth of $15 million worth of mortgages. And I was involved with him. And although I wasn't trying to steal any money, I, you know, I was in a situation where I was associated with it. So I had to accept responsibility for that. And so, you know, we ended up getting in trouble and I, you know, I got, I spent 366 days in federal prison. um, Wow. One count of mail fraud. Before we get deeper into it, what I just want to say is first off, thanks for being vulnerable. I find a lot of people who are successful, they fear opening up that vulnerability and sharing about some of those challenges, but yet we all face them. We all face them. Either we had this perfect childhood, which nobody has, and that's the kind of story and image we want to we want to project externally, or we had challenges and those challenges, they shape us and motivate us to do things in mm-hmm. our life. And a lot of those things we get rewarded for, like being an external overachiever, but then internally something's missing, something's off, something is not being fulfilled. And we try to fix it externally rather than going inside. And it's one of the things that I think is so important is when we can really dive into ourselves and understand the way that we think and what we believe that it actually leads to some of the greatest change. And so we'll get into some of that from an investment standpoint today, but I can relate. I have totally different story, but I can relate to some of the pain and challenges that have driven you the same way they've driven me. And I guarantee they've driven a lot of the folks who are listening as well. And so um, when you look at that, how did that lead you? How did that lead you to where you are today? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And, you know, I've I've just, in, in, you know, with the self-sabotage, I mean, I've lost everything in my life four times. In fact, mm-hmm. when I left prison in 2014, I had 54 cents to my name. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I had to live in somebody's house. They had to lend me a car. People had to give me clothes. They had to feed me. And I was, you know, I got back into doing what I was doing, but I mean, it was a tough time. And, you know, uh, every time that I've lost something, I've always come back stronger. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's any, any, any replacement for resilience in life. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking to people that are 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 are, are good business people. They're 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 good W two people or they're good ten ninety nine people. They've made good money. They've paved a good path for themselves. But you know, the difference between good and great, or you know, the difference between the horse that wins and the horse that comes in second is minuscule. But the result, the reward, is significant. And mm-hmm. so, right, does that make sense? And so, I think totally. what's happened is is. You know, I had a choice. You have a choice every time. You can just curl up and roll up into a little ball and get in the fetal position and say, okay, that's it. I'm just not going to try. You're going to be like, you know what? That's not the legacy I want for myself. And so, you know, because I I just didn't want to continue to to live like that and be that person, I just made the decision that I was going to continue to fight and yeah. do what I do. Because there's always a way. And I think, 
I could be wrong, but I think the statistic is that some of the wealthiest people in the world have lost everything at least seven times. I mean, I'm good with four. I don't think I need that experience anymore. I, mean, I, I learned my lesson, but I think that's the measure of of somebody is, you know, you know, because like things happen, you know, things happen. Yeah. People's lives. Divorces happen, deaths happen, markets happen, you know, and, you know, the average, what the average age right now is like 79 and a half. And, and I follow David Sinclair. He's a, uh, uh, what do you, what I guess you'd call him? He's a, I don't know the word, like a life extension. Longevity. Longevity guy. He's like a longevity expert from Harvard. And he said in 10 years, he thinks people will be able to live another 40 years, right? So, you know, even if you're 40 or 50, you still have several years left. Even if you lose everything, you have to be willing to just fight, use those examples and and, and fight back to keep going. And that I would say that's how it served me most is that I know if I lose something, I'll be able to go back and, and get it all back and even more. And I'm stronger, more resilient, and I can be actually happy while it happens. That confidence to know that you can come back from adversity is a really strong one. And I really believe that everybody's got a story, right? And parts of those stories can be examples that we want to follow. And parts of those stories are warnings, things we want to avoid, we want to learn from. And so for you, you know, starting out, experiencing that early in your life, and then, you know, obviously you've been investing in real estate, you've been doing sales, you've been coaching, you've got a lot of different experiences. At at some point, you got connected to something that was a mistake. You got connected to something where you ended up having to pay for that mistake. And for a lot of people, that shame that comes along with it is very difficult to overcome. A lot of people do not choose to overcome it. And so you coming out of that position and then having that comeback story is something that people do love to see. So tell us, you know, you, you went away, you came out. What, what was it at that point that led you to say, you know what, I'm, I made a mistake, but I'm not going to let it define me negatively. I'm going to let it define me from a, a greatness standpoint. What led you down that path and what kept you moving forward? Right on. Right on. Good question. So first thing I want to, I'm going to call it a bad choice versus a mistake. Sure. And the distinction in my mind, Steve, is that a mistake is when you do something and and you didn't know what you were doing. You know what I'm saying? And even though I wasn't trying to steal money, I was looking the other way on things and I knew that things weren't going well and I continue to participate. So let's call it a bad choice. Let's own it. accept it. So there's more to the story. If I can share it with you, if that's okay. Yeah. So, you know, when I went to prison, you know, you know, when you go to prison, you're supposed to learn lessons, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't, you know, and so I learned some lessons, but I never really worked on the things I needed to work to work through internally. So when I got out of prison, you know, I, I kind of got back into my old habits and I gained all the weight I had lost back. And I was, you know, having inappropriate relationships with women and stuff like that. I was pretty much going back to do that. And then I, I met somebody in 2014 and I was with them for four and a half years. Um, very faithful, wanted to make it work bought her an engagement ring, asked her to marry me. She said yes. And after four and a half years, she would not move from the state she lived in back to Texas. And then I broke up with her and I found out a couple of days later that she was actually married the entire time we were together. Mm. And so Mm. you would think that prison would have been rock bottom, but it wasn't because I still had a Mm. lot to learn. But, you know, that was for me, that was like the last bad decision and all the bad decisions. And I decided a month later that I was going to take my own life. And Mm. by the grace of God, I'm still here. Okay. Mm -hmm. not succeed. I didn't do it. So, but at that point I was in so much pain and I had a decision to make. I had four kids. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I have four children. I, you know, my dad died when I was, when I was 23, I was not, my sister was 19. My brother was 17. My mom died at 64. I was only 30, you know, and I decided I'm like, I can let my kids go through that, that I did and not break the cycle or I could break the cycle and say, I'm not going to let this happen anymore. And so I made the decision and really it is a decision. Does that make sense? You know, mm-hmm. it's not like coffee or tea, chicken or beef, you know, uh, sit or stand. It's, it, but it, it is a decision. It's the same function. I just made the decision that I was going to fight because I wanted more out of life and I was sick of having what I had, you know? Yeah. And so that's when I decided to fight and, you know, I hired somebody to help me. We talked twice a week and I mean, I, I, you know, I unloaded a lot of baggage, but it really is that decision that I'm going to use that pain, that leverage. And we all have leverage. Like there's people we talking to today that yeah. probably would like to get out of their W2 job and be self-employed, but they're not, you know, for some reason they haven't given themselves or found the leverage reason, or there's people that are self-employed and they have properties, but they haven't created a business or a life where they can actually step away from it and have it run by themselves. Right. So there's always a leverage point in there for everybody where if you create enough pain for lack of better terminology right enough pain enough i'm not happy with where i am and get tied into it you can get to the next level and that's really what it was for me is that i was just sick of feeling that pain of you know working hard having it all go away and whatnot so that's really what the the and listen last thing real quickly um like nobody has to hit rock bottom and make this happen that's my mm-hmm. mission like is that you don't need to hit rock bottom we have enough whys we have enough who's and what's in our life right now no matter where we are to use as a leverage point to get where we want to go we just have to look at it and decide we're going to let it work for us yeah well i couldn't agree more I mean, we share some very similar views on life and, you know, there's been times where I've hit rock bottom personally, or I've, I've been in a really, really challenging place. Um, whether that's emotionally, whether that's financially, whether that's with family, whatever that might be And those places is typically where I've had enough pain to then make change happen. Um, but where I gained a lot more insight was realizing exactly what you're saying is that it's possible to not have to experience the pain in order to go after and create that pleasure. And, you know, really we talk about this on the investor mindset show, it's the name your number process, right? And a key part of naming your number is setting that target, like where you want to be, but it's the vision that comes along with that. And when you can sit down and identify, these are the things in my life that I no longer want to have a part of my future life. This is no longer part of who I am going to be. And you pair that alongside this beautiful vision of the kind of things you're going to do, the way you're going to live, the ability to have control of your time to really be able to support and enrich the lives of all these people around you. When you have that kind of driving purpose vision and you attach that to your investment philosophy and every single dollar that you earn in your job or in your business then is then directed into investments that help you support creating the amount of income that you need so that you never have to work again, but maybe you want to, maybe you're going to work forever. I don't really plan on ever retiring. I love my mission and what I'm doing because I found purpose and fulfillment from it. But for many people out there, the end vision, the end goal is for them to spend time with their family and no longer work. But when you can create that vision, you don't have to go into that much pain. You're able to then identify the pain that you'll have by not moving forward and not taking action. And I think that's such an important part of the conversation. And so for you right now, you know, I did it the hard way. <laughs> you did it the hard way. We've all been there in different ways. 
and had different challenges along the way. But at this point, now you're running a successful business and you're you've got great earned income that are that's coming in. What does that freedom vision look like for you? What does your new life look like? I just, you know, I had the best year of my life financially last year, actually. And I was able to do some things that, you know, I was able to write a book and publish a book and I was able to get mm-hmm. on a, a TV show so I could spread my message. So, I mean, you know, God definitely, you know, allowed me to to do what I needed to do to make that happen. So I'm super grateful for that. You know, my vision, and I think, you know, it's interesting. And I, I talk to, because I work with self-employed people all day long. I've been selling real estate coaching, either myself or for other companies, probably since 2000 and let's call it six. And to the, to the person, everybody wants to be the true CEO of their company. Mm-hmm. Meaning they want to work great. If they don't want to work, that's fine too. And there's a difference between having to work and wanting to work. I think that's important, you totally. know? Like I'm going to work until as long as I can, you know, it's great if you want to, but if you have to, it's a different story, right? So, totally. Exactly. Big distinction. So, you know, they want to be the true CEO of their company. If they can work great, if they want them, if they want to work great, if they don't, that's fine too, but they want to leverage the efforts of other people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing now to make enough money so that I can start putting money into building a real estate portfolio so that I can make sure that my kids have money for the rest of their lives, right? And in such a way, not that they're going to blow it, but that they're taking care of. My immediate goal is to is in my my son's getting his real estate license, and mm-hmm. so we're going to help him. But I made I had made a promise. I said I'll teach you everything that I know, but we're going to build a portfolio. And the first thing is is that we're going to build a portfolio that pays you and your three sisters a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's the first stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that's that you know right, and so that's the goal for me. That, you know, and obviously that'll generate income for me too. But that the goal is is to create that so that we have that passive income. And I built some of that before. I just squandered it all, you know. But the goal is to take the money that I have here that I'm making from my business here and parlay it into some real estate and also take advantage of some private financing that's out there, you know, using other, you know, the whole OPP thing, right? Other people's OPM and, and leverage mm-hmm. that to the extent that I can. I mean, you always need to have a little bit of your money in there, right? You have some skin in the game, but but create that so that my kids don't have to do what I did, which is live paycheck to paycheck until I was, you know, essentially 51 years old. Yeah. Right. But that, you know, it's funny. I always joke about the, uh, you know, the deal or no deal thing. Like if you watch deal or no deal, how he, how he, uh, Mandel keeps asking, he says, yeah. do you have the courage to go all the way down so that your case is the last case and believe yeah. that it's a million dollar case. And I think if you want to build that kind of life for yourself, you're going to have to have some courage. You're going to have to make some tough decisions. You're going to have to, you know, kind of, you know, do the Dave Ramsey thing, which is delay gratification, you know, mm-hmm. but I think you also have to take some, some, I don't say some chances, but you got to take some, make some educated guesses and, and really make good decisions for yourself. But ultimately, you know, I, you know, my, my goal long-term is I'd love, I'm going to work on speaking regularly, do the coaching that I do. Um, I have my book, I have another book coming out soon, but really whatever money I can generate for what I'm doing now, um, and maybe create an online course for some, 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 you know, residual income, but take that money and put it in something that's going to take care of my kids and not like putting money in a bank that'll just, you know, hopefully grows at a certain period of time, but have a real estate portfolio that will put off money for the rest of it, as long as they have it. So you're, what you're really, you're working for today. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you're working, you have, you have more of a purpose than just this, but it's really that legacy for your children. You want to make sure that you can set them up for mm-hmm. success. And so, all of the money that you're earning today can then get funneled towards that purpose, that purpose of knowing that they're going to have their basic needs met 
and then some, and being able to teach them some of those lessons along the way. So I think that's, that's a beautiful vision. And that's a vision that is very achievable. One, you're a real estate professional. You understand how to go buy, operate, manage, and you can be that person who's out there being the expert because Mm -hmm. you bring that expertise to the table and now is a perfect time for you to apply it. So in that circumstance, in that situation, I mean, in your business today, you know, your, your income comes primarily from, from coaching and training others in the sales world. Is that right? Speaking engagements and things like that for the most part. Yep. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. so that, that money, that, that income that you're earning in the business, is it fairly consistent? Is it um, lumpy from month to month or what's the expectation? I I built it up. I mean, you know, my goal this year is, is to bring in about $600,000 about, you know, about 50 grand a month. I mean, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, based on where I'm trending, but you know, I mean, I'm not, do you talk about money here? I've never been on the show before. Do you talk about specifics? We, or we, but, we talk, we talk about money. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Obviously it's the money show. So, you know, last like December, I made about 40, just under $40,000, which is a good December for me. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so and see the great thing about, that I'm fortunate with is I have a really good reputation in the real estate industry. So I get a lot of people coming to me asking for help and stuff like that. So, but my course is starting to take off and, you know, I have a call, a class that helps people overcome procrastination, self-sabotage, you know, perfectionism and stuff like that. And so, you know, full classes were 25 grand to me. So, you know, if I can get two classes a month, which is really what I'm working towards, that's what I'm looking to do. So, but the goal then is, you know, and, you know, my expenses, I have four kids, so they're not cheap, but, you know, <laughs> the whole point is, is to, what do you think, what do you think you spend every month living the life you live right now? With my, my, my monthly expenses are just under $14,000 a month. Okay. Yep. So in comparison with what you're earning, you, yeah. you, you've got a lot of additional cash to be able to funnel away yeah, for future yeah. investable I mean, assets. My kids are my biggest overhead. And then me, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't have a lot of overhead. I mean, I have, I've got an ISA and an assistant. You know what I'm saying? So I've got that leverage for appointment setting and somebody who can take care of like, you know, Nadia, Nadina and and, yeah. and Tab, they work together to set this up. Yeah. And, you know, so I run pretty lean. Um, and so know. from just so the audience knows in, in case there's any interest, tell me who's who's kind of that ideal client? Who do you work with on a regular basis? I mean, and I, what are you doing for them? Sure. Great question. And thank you for the opportunity to share this. Um, so I work with salespeople entrepreneurs, really anybody or other people, but basically right now, because of where I come from, salespeople and entrepreneurs, I work with them to help them identify what's keeping them from getting their life and business to the next level. Okay. Mm-hmm. People are procrastinators. They're perfectionists, right? 60% of salespeople have a very strong need for approval, which keeps them from doing the things they need to do to hit their sales goals, right? People who can't stick to a calendar, people who can't make reach their goals, people who can't stick to a diet, who can't go to the gym, or self-saboteurs, there's some stuff going on inside from when they were a kid. I mean, I use my own self as an example, and I help people identify what those things are and teach them how to overcome them so they can free themselves to create the life and business they want for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can see that that's a huge market. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who need that. A lot of people... So there's a really a, a great growth opportunity for the business. At the end of the, is the business focused on earning money today? It's all about income or is the the reason the business is being built for an exit? 
Yeah. So ultimately what I'd like to be able to do is to teach some people what I do and, and, and be able to step out of it and have them help people the way that I do. I would like that kind of leverage. I mean, anytime you grow a business, you bring in leverage, there's a whole other dynamic of managing people and all that other stuff. So, and I think, you know, if you've been in business long enough, you know, people that are great salespeople aren't great managers. So totally, I know, I know that about myself. Right. So, but I would like to be able to, at some point, have it generated, continue to generate the income that I'm generating without me, so I can continue to have that cash flow to put into things that I want to do. You know, totally. So really, like you're building this business in order for it to generate income today, mm-hmm. but you're also hoping, maybe not planning for an exit, but hopefully planning that you can put some people or systems in place, you can keep gathering that income without yep. having to to sure. manage it, and so. When it comes to your personal financial situation, you're making great money. You've got a lot of your personal needs met. It sounds like at the end of the day, really what you're shooting for is you want to be out of the business. Like you're <laughs> long-term, that's the goal. And if you're out of the business, what would you, what would you do? Like if, if the business was 100% taken care of or you're no longer running it, but you're making the same amount of money, Where's that focus going to be? Where, what, what would you do with your time? What, what does your life look like from that place? So a great question. And so just let me, when you go to prison, <clears throat> some things happen financially in your life that you can imagine aren't so good. Your credit doesn't do so well. Yeah. Um, I spent probably a hundred thousand dollars or little less keeping myself from going to prison for a long time. Yeah. So, and because I was terrible with my money, I spent it as it came in. I really didn't have a lot of money. So I'm also trying to build some, up some retirement for myself as well. So I don't know that I'm getting out of this as soon as somebody else might, if that makes sense. But to answer your question, you know, I, I, most importantly, I want to be there to guide my kids, you know, and, and to be there for them and to be a good, you know, dad and granddad and, and teach them about life. I mean, look, and and, and my parents were not bad people. I want to say that I know they loved me. They just weren't good parents. And I think a lot of people's parents were good people, just weren't good parents because they didn't know what to do. But, you know, I, you know, I don't want my kids to have to live paycheck to paycheck and not understand how to deal with money. So they all have three of the old three oldest have credit cards and all four of them have a debit card, even my 16 year old. You know, I don't want my kids to not know how to good, have a good relationship with somebody, which means I need to be around not a helicopter parent, but I got to be there to answer questions and give them feedback and help them through the tough times. You know, I want them to know how to manage their money and, and how to deal with their money and stuff like that. So not that I want to be involved in every minute of their life, but I want to be available to them and be a guiding source for them. In addition to that, you know, I, uh, one of the things that happens when you go through life, like I did is I've never really had a meaningful relationship with a woman. You know, when you spend the majority of your life getting approval from women through sex, they tend not to want to hang around for a while. <laughs> so I'd like to find my, yeah. my, my forever person and, and build a life and start doing some stuff like that. Um, I've got some charity work that I'd like to do and really start giving back to people. And, um, and, 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 and mostly just, you know, making sure that I set my family up so that, you know, when that dash finished getting etched on my tombstone that it, it ends the right way. And that when I go, whenever I go, hopefully I got plenty of time that I know my kids are going to be able to live their life as adults with the, with, with the knowledge and the resilience and what they need so that they can live great lives for themselves without having to go through all the crap that I went through. Cause they went through enough stuff. You know what I'm saying? My, my kids are pretty resilient. You know, I went to prison for a year. They didn't see me. Their mom had to go get a job. So, you know, they're tougher than the average kid, but I want to make cool. sure that they're in good shape. Well, this is what's so this is what's so great is that you're in a position where 
you're having success, you're earning great income, you've got, you know, great family, you've got some personal things that you want out of your life. And the the business that you're running is a vehicle to help get you there, right? Yes. The vehicle, it's the vehicle that gives you the money to know that you've got the security, to know that you're not going to be back in a similar situation. And then it's also a vehicle to be able to invest into hard real assets that produce income and mm-hmm. appreciation. And, you know, obviously you're a professional in the real estate space, but just for those who are listening, you know, backing into really what you've described as your number, right? We indirectly got to your number. You had said, I want, you know, you've got four kids. You want them all to be able to make a hundred thousand dollars a year off of these investments. Well, that's 400 grand a year. So mm-hmm. if we back into what that freedom number needs to look like, uh, you are a person who's most likely going to take more of an active path than some others. Many people listening are going to invest passively. They're going to invest with an expert uh, who is going to go out there and buy, operate, manage that property for them. And they're going to, they're going to share in that profit together. And so there's different strategies to getting there faster. But what's so cool is knowing that if you need and want $400,000 a year, which to some is going to seem like very little and to others is going to seem like a lot. But you with that number of 400,000 at an 8% interest rate, meaning you've put this into something, it's going to produce 8% a year and it's going to produce 8% a year forever. You only need $5 million of investable assets. If you produce 10%, you only need four. And so what's so cool about this, and it's such a great example of how achievable it is to be able to create that kind of freedom, to know that your family has that legacy covered and that you can teach them while you're doing it along the way um, that the money that you're making every single year, the more that you can carve off and invest into something that has a fast rate of doubling. Like, you know, if you're investing into something and it doubles every three years and you can invest, you know, 200,000 in, in three years, that 200,000 is now four. If right. that 400,000 is now eight in nine years and that 800,000 is now 1.6 in 12. Sure. So if you kept doing that over and over again, within a short period of time, you're going to be in that position. And for you trading time for money, which is something that you're willing to do by being active, you can increase that rate of return or you can just trade your money for time and you can maybe go a different path where somebody else does all of that work for you and you collect the uh, the upside. Or your money for money. That works too, right? So exactly. you know, I'm not looking to stop at 100,000, but that, I mean, that's the, that's the first stop. I mean, it's not going to be anytime soon, obviously, but you know, you know, it's, 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 it's probably going to be hopefully some commercial real estate too, which obviously generates a lot more income. You know, I don't know that I necessarily want, you know, 400 doors that are producing, you know, a <laughs> thousand bucks a month. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of freaking properties, you know what I'm saying? But so it, it's going to, I strongly recommend it, right? Like I started my career flipping yeah. houses, you know, bought yeah, and sold 200 houses and then got out of that, moved into, you know, large commercial multifamily where we're buying two to 300 unit buildings. You get some more economies of scale. But what's so cool about the business is that there is additional economies of scale that are available as you keep growing and scaling. And so depending on the strategy you use, there's, there's, there's a lot of ways to end up getting to that place. What I'm curious is what, what is it going to feel like to 
know that you've reached that? What is that going to feel like to know that your family is taken care of that? You've overcome this adversity that you've got, you know, this rock solid investment portfolio that will leave a legacy long after you're gone. No, and it's so, it's so great that you asked that because that is really the key ingredient of the emotion is really is, is the liver, the leverage point of any achieving any goal, right? You know, Zig Ziglar says you're not fully involved in your goals until you're emotionally involved in those goals. And that vision, while important, needs to be tied to some very specific emotions and feelings that are associated with that, or you're not going to do what you have to do to make it happen. So I, I appreciate you asking that question. You know, um, <clears throat> I remember when I started working with my uh, my counselor, Kelly, about two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, she asked me, she said, tell me about the happiest day of your life. And I sat there for 10 minutes and I said, I don't think I've ever had a happiest day of my life. Mm. Because I hadn't, because I was just... Mm very unhappy and sad and angry. And so, you know, I, I would say the best, believe it or not, the best years of my life have been the last three years of my life, which I'm very mm. grateful for. And it would, it, you know, I, I don't know for the longest time I couldn't tell you anything felt because I just numb my feelings all the time, but, and I'm sorry to take the long route to this, but you know, here's the thing, you know, my dad died when I was 23 and every day from 23 until age 51, I thought I was going to die. Or I felt like I was going to die. I was wondering how I was going to die. I used to say to God when I would go to bed, I'd be like, can I just have another day, please? I know I didn't do a good job. Can I have another day? But I can honestly tell you that, and not that I want this to happen, but I feel like if I had to, it would be, I would be able to you know, close my eyes one last time peacefully and, and be at peace to know that my kids are taken care of. That's what it's going to feel like that. I'm not going to worry what happens after that because I know my kids will be good. You know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, peace of mind that whatever happens after that, it is what it is because I know my kids are, are squared away and, you know, that that's what it's going to feel like is that I'm I'm completely carefree and I know that my kids are taken care of and whatever happens is going to happen. And if it's time for me to go, it's time for me to go. And it really, what I'm hearing is, you know, you're going to feel peace. Yep. You're going to feel at ease. You're going to feel like, you know, that you did what you were meant to do here and everything right else is a bonus. Right on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, this has been really, really awesome. Thank You've you. got an incredible story. It's very inspiring. And I'd love to be able to dive deeper into it in the future. Um, with that, for the listeners who have been listening, they've been inspired. Leave us mm -hmm. with two things. The first thing, what do you recommend for those people who are going through tough times? How do they start going down and finding the right path like you did towards mm -hmm. uh, creating a better life? And then the second piece as we close <clears> out is, let people know how they can get in touch with you and, um, you know, learn more about what you're doing. Sure. Um, so thanks for that. Um, and thanks for the kind words. You know, the solution, every problem starts with awareness, right? I can't hit a target if I don't know what the target looks like. You know, you've been talking about reverse engineering from the end back to current day. You know, I can't reverse engineer from having a million dollars in residual income every year. I can't, if I don't know that that's what I'm shooting for. Right. So same thing with solving problems. I mean, I can't fight an enemy that I don't know exists. So I'm real simple task if people want to do this. You know, after we're done here, go grab a couple of note cards. You perfectionist, it doesn't have to be a note card. It can be a piece of paper. It can be anything. So don't feel like you have to wait until you get a note card. So I get ahead of that with some people being a recovering perfectionist myself. I just want you to ask a real good question. What is the source of my, and whatever it is, procrastination or perfectionism or, you know, my, what is the source of my inability to take my investment business to the next level? Whatever it is, write it down, okay? And then what I want you is I want you to keep one with you for the rest of the day and look at it. I want you to put one next to your nightstand and read it a couple of times before you go to bed. 
Because your subconscious remembers everything that you've ever tasted, touched, smelled, heard, or seen. It remembers it all. But it's all stacked like a big sandwich. And as soon as you ask your subconscious that tonight when you go to bed, it's going to go, oh, like oh, there it is. And it's going to pull it out and it's going to say, this is it. And then you're going to know, and it's usually going to be something that happened between the time you were born and the time you were 12. And now you'll know exactly what it is that's causing that problem. And then you can go to work to work on it. Okay. So, you know, you don't have to let your past define it. Anything that's happening in your life that is keeping you from getting the results you want, especially as it relates to your emotions, is probably not your fault. It was probably a program that happened when you were a kid. And but the thing is, is you can do something about it now that you know what it is. So I think that's the first thing I'd like to leave people with. If you uh, would like to talk to me for free, for no cost, you can go to my website, uh, triggersalesystem.com, and you can set up a 30-minute call on my calendar, no cost. And I will, if you don't know what it is, I will find it for you. It takes me about 15 minutes, and I will tell you exactly what it is. And, you know, this is kind of interesting, Steve, because there's a tremendous amount of relief that comes with it, but then there's also work to be done at that point. Does that make sense? Like people are like, oh, mm-hmm. I see people's faces are like, wow, I never realized that that was the reason, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, but now that, you know, now that they're aware of it and they can see it, they can, they can do something about it. And that, you know, that awareness is, is, is so invaluable. So triggersalesystem.com, half hour on my calendar, no cost, no sales pitch, just come on and let's chat. And then um, we'll go from there. I really appreciate your time today. And thanks for giving me a chance to share my story. And uh, I know what you're doing is invaluable to people because everybody needs somebody to bring strategies and and things to them outside of what they're normally doing to get them to take the next step to get where they want to go. So I'm sure what you're doing is super invaluable as well. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for making impact with the audience. Thanks for offering to make an impact directly one-on-one. And uh, it uh, it was great diving in with you. Appreciate you. Thank you. God bless everybody and be kind to yourself. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 